Hello, and welcome to Mostly Hairless Apes here at the Church of Science. This is a podcast for evolving social primates. I'm Dr. Gene Mesco, PhD doctor, not medical doctor. I'm a physiologist by training, focusing on biological functions. It goes hand in hand with anatomy, the study of biological structure. My job is to figure out how living things work and share that information. Over the years, we humans have figured out quite a bit. But we don't know everything. That's why we have beliefs. Humans have all sorts of beliefs, and most of us belong to some church. Personally, I'm a proud member of the Church of Science. I want you to join. Why do we have so many belief systems, so many religions? It's because we don't know everything. Nobody knows everything. Belief and knowledge are the information we have so that we can deal with life. Information is the critical component for living systems. But information is divided into belief and knowledge. Belief is acceptance of some information without proof. Knowledge is the information that we can verify. Knowledge is the information we can agree on. Those are definitions I will use on this podcast. Belief and knowledge are the two main subtypes of information. Things we can't prove and things we accept without proof. That's what humans use to form societies and interact with each other. If we want a functional society, we must agree on our information. You drive on the right side of the road unless you go to one of those countries where they drive on the left. You know that red lights and octagons mean stop. You can tell I'm an American by my focus on cars. But there's plenty of other things we agree on to be accepted as a member of a society. Most civilizations agree not to kill people randomly. Most Americans agree that's one of our rules. But we obviously disagree on how we can organize our society to minimize people getting killed randomly. Here in America, we agree that everybody who's a legitimate adult can vote. We just argue about who's a legitimate adult. And this is why I want everyone to join the Church of Science. We have churches because we don't have all the answers. If you have problems and questions, you look around for answers. If no one has figured out an adequate answer, we start making up our own possibilities. I think the Church of Science offers the most useful answers. I think it's a better choice than the other belief system. I want you to join. You can bring puppies to the church services. Back in the deep, dark past, humans were wandering around Earth. We knew a few things. We knew how to hunt and gather. We fished and sewed and cooked. And that was all part of our knowledge. We shared our knowledge with oral histories and eventually started writing things down. We learned about all sorts of things. But we didn't have answers to the big questions. What happened to Grok when his body stopped working? Why is there air? Why is that big ball of fire in the sky? When we don't have answers, brains start making things up. That's what brains do. I think that's how we got religions in the first place. Brains make connections and control our bodies so we can survive. That's one of the things we know based on science. We have knowledge that says certain chemicals control certain responses. There are electrical signals generated by little gray cells in our skulls. We don't know the exact answer to one of the big questions about brains. What is consciousness? That one has stumped many a thinker. We've come up with all sorts of possible answers linked to all sorts of words. Brain, mind, consciousness, soul, spirit, chi, quite a few others. Since we don't know exactly what we are, we believe a variety of different things. And that's where the trouble starts. When we believe, we accept some information as valid without any real proof. When we know something, we can prove it. Just to be clear, those are our definitions here in the Church of Science. 
We can't start out disagreeing about basic definitions because then we can't even communicate. This comes from decades of teaching. Students continually complain about learning the vocabulary in a given subject. You get asked, does spelling count? Yes, it does. If we don't share the same knowledge, we have problems. Knowledge is a unifying force for any society. So is belief. The difference is that we don't argue about real knowledge. If you drive a car, you know the rules of the road. You had to pass a test. You may choose to ignore them, but a court of law will call you out if you cause a problem. Knowledge is just the information we can all agree on. That's why science is such a great belief system. It generates knowledge at an amazing rate. When you practice science, you use the scientific method. You observe an experiment, you hypothesize, and you find out how things work and what things are made of. You figure out how to manipulate and change things. You create and discover knowledge. Belief can unify a society, but the problem is that ultimately belief is personal. Since there is no actual proof for something you believe, it's just personal information. We can explain our beliefs to other humans, but that doesn't make them any more valid or true. When a large group believes the same basic information, it can allow them to work together and get things done. That's why religions have been around for a long time. They are very successful social adaptations. While people can easily agree about knowledge, belief can be harder. If we don't believe the same things, we might come up with very different answers to the same questions. Then we might argue or fight or kill each other. That's what history tells us. When you look at human civilizations throughout history, some have been more successful than others. For this discussion, we'll define success on a purely biological basis. If a society includes more people and has more resources, it's more successful than a society with fewer people and fewer resources. That's the essence of natural selection. Here in the Church of Science, we use the knowledge acquired through scientific investigations. When we want to understand living systems, we use biology as our first step. Biology has generated core knowledge about living systems. We know that everything that is alive is made of at least one cell. Every cell uses DNA for genetic information. And we also know that everything that's alive evolves. Some of you might think it's strange to think of science as a belief. Classifying religions as belief systems is easy. They all have some core beliefs, accepted by the believers without any real proof, and that's why they call it belief. Science is the same thing, although it doesn't get into too many deities, obviously. It just builds off one core belief. The core belief in science is this. There are consistent laws that explain the universe. There's no magic. That's it. Everything has a reason. When you accept that, you must face up to the knowledge and the lack of knowledge about the religious deities throughout history. There's plenty of evidence of people believing in various deities. We have knowledge of the history of different religions but no real proof for the actual existence of any gods. Documents have been written, buildings have been built, wars have been fought. None prove of anything other than that people have believed in lots of gods. Hades, Zeus, Baal, Anubis, Odin, Quetzalcoatl, the Morrigan. The list goes on. This is why it's time to move past the older belief systems and join the Church of Science. I want you to join. We have beer cakes at the summer softball games. When you join the Church of Science, you go to the scientific knowledge first for answers to problems. When trying to understand society, how much knowledge do we have about human societies? It's actually quite a bit. 
Biology tells us about disease and reproduction in agriculture. What does it actually say about belief systems or governments or economies? Well, science will will group society into a separate evolutionary parcel called artificial selection. When biologists study just biological life on Earth, we use knowledge summarized under natural selection. This gives us answers to problems like what happened to the dinosaurs and why do livers do what they do? When we look at belief systems and governments and economies, we can search for answers using principles of evolution by artificial selection. That's where we can find some answers and build some new knowledge. Some people don't accept the scientific knowledge obtained from studying evolution. They believe in different magical deities who supposedly created the world. There are creation stories for practically every religion out there. Science has one too. It's based on knowledge from lots of evidence. Science says we evolved consciousness over 50,000 years ago. That's based on different art drawings and different artifacts that we have found that show that people seem to be self-aware at that point. We domesticated animal and plants over 20,000 years ago, starting with somebody grabbing up wolf puppies so that we can make dogs, and then everything that came after that. We started writing things down over 7,000 years ago. We've been organized into various societies around the planet in multiple places. And then we really got busy. We started to build the really big civilizations. Chinese empires dated back over 5,000 years. The Greeks and Romans went back a few millennia after that. They're over 2,000 years old. And I'll give a tip of the hat to the British. The British Empire that peaked about a century ago, they ruled about a quarter of the planet. And right now, America is sitting on top of the global social evolution competition, primarily based on economic issues. We can analyze all of this through the science of history and look at all the differences that have changed. And that's what's beautiful about knowledge and science. In science, one of the biggest ideas is evolution. Evolution is a word that gets used for different things, but it basically means change. Life has to change. That gets into physics and some basic laws in science. We'll set that on the shelf for right now. Thermodynamics and, and entropy deserve their own podcast. But for right now, it I'll let you believe that life changes, for change it must. Evolution describes that process of change. Here's the quote of the day from scriptures in the Church of Science, a reading from the writings of Theodosius Dobzhansky, American biology teacher, March 1973, volume 35, page 125. Nothing in biology makes sense except in the light of evolution. When you embrace a scientific worldview, you look at living systems as evolving adaptations. Living systems are always trying to balance growth with stability, reproduction, and death. A society operates the same way, or at least by similar mechanisms, and they use major adaptations. I think those adaptations are primarily belief systems, governments, and economies. American society right now has a majority that declares itself Christian within a representative democracy and with a minimally regulated capitalist economy. An evolutionary perspective, a scientific perspective, begs the question of how they interact and which social adaptation may be dominant. We can ask these questions to solve our problems. That's the main point of the Church of Science. We want to solve problems. When we argue about social issues, the question can be framed in the light of evolution. When we propose answers in the Church of Science, hypotheses in the scientific method. When we look at governments, we realize that governments have rules. 
economies set the values for trades. And we've inherited these adaptations from our ancestors. The rules that are in place are based on old laws. The economy is based on old values and who owned things and who set the price for things. And just as our parents passed along their DNA with accumulated, gen accumulated genetic information, we're born into a society with those inherited social adaptations. The nature of our DNA and our cellular biochemistry interacts with our social ecosystem. We're nurtured and in some manner we grow as best we can and we make choices. Uh, making choices requires free will. We will not go down the masturbatory philosophical rabbit hole of saying, oh, do we have free will or don't we? Perhaps on another podcast. But for right now, we'll, uh, we'll work from the assumption that our belief system says we have free will. We have a consciousness that allows us to interpret our emotions and our memories based on where we are in time and space right now and make actual free will decisions. And those decisions are the evolutionary choices that produce artificial selection. They drive the evolutionary change of our societies, and humans do this all the time. What kind of decisions do we make? Ah, there's the rub, as the Bard of Avod contributed. Here's where it gets good. Once you've become a member of the Church of Science, you get to start making actual hypotheses about how things work. You make observations, you compile data, you might run experiments, and you try to make sense of the results. I'm starting with the assumption that these three major social adaptations are the major forces driving social change. Humans have belief systems. We provide possible answers to the unknown. We form governments to frame the acceptable boundaries of our actions. We set up economies to continually adapt and set exchange rates for goods and services. Uh, a society might be as small as two individuals. Welcome to married life if that's your choice. Or might it be up to billions, like the 8 billion plus humans on the planet right now? Or anything, anything in between? Obviously, as it gets bigger, it gets more complex. But if we start with the basic assumption that these dominant adaptations are what organize each society, then we just have to ask the question, what are the variations? What are the dominant mutations within each system? That gets us the capitalist, democratic, Christian society we currently have in America, according to my evolutionary analysis. I put them in that order for a reason. While there are multiple variations of each of those adaptations and their sub-economies in our nation of over three million people, I think most of us would agree that the dominant economic adaptation is capitalism. Just like, theoretically, our dominant government is democracy and our dominant religion is Christianity. And though, but there's lots of variations on all of those. But capitalism operates within its own range. It could be as simple as laissez-faire capitalism if there was no regulation, but that's a hypothetical state because in reality, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. It interacts with other social adaptations and we don't only make decisions based on money, but money is not trivial, but I would argue that it's a major force. What determines that? What are our social systems competing for in this evolutionary process? They're competing for space in our consciousness. Artificial selection at the most fundamental level involves human consciousness. What ideas are floating around in our heads? How do we impact our actions? How do we make choices about things? That's ultimately what determines the fate of a given society, the sum of the actions of the populace and what's driving the behavior of those people. Well, it's what they believe based on their belief systems. It's how they act or outside within or outside of the rules of the government. 
and based on what resources they can access within the economy to support their actions. We do this every day. We get up and reactivate our minds, our beliefs, our acceptance of civic duty, and access to economic resources drives our behaviors. How does that happen every day? You may or may not have any rituals to frame your mental focus. You may get up, get up, and just meander into the day. You will react then based on your biological emotions and the environment around you. Most likely then you'll have a minimal impact on any evolutionary change that day. If you do have a to-do list, if you do focus on your belief system, then you have a to-do list that contributes to your practices of that faith. You have goals and directions as to how you think society should function and you act to manage what changes you can. There's satisfaction to be found in moving the needle toward what you think is a better world. As a citizen within any government, you either follow the rules or you don't. At this point in history, there are lots of lots of rules. And some of the people here in America follow them or they don't. There are speed limits, which may or may not get followed. There are fines for littering, which may or may not be adequate for the to, to cause you to keep or spread waste. Either you work within the current legal boundaries defined by the government or you don't. As for the economy, we each have some range of resources. There's some of us at the very top of the, the economy who have ridiculous amounts of capital to work with. Plenty exist with almost no resources, and most of us are spread along the middle. Whatever economic resources you have available, they impact your options for actions. And we each have our beliefs, our personal definition of citizenship, and our economic resources. At any given moment, we can make choices to emphasize one or the other and act within our social groups. But overall, I think the biggest picture in the big picture, I think the dominant social adaptation right now is economics. When we discuss problems, more often than not, people will get around to the sticking point about who's going to pay for it. Where's the money going to come from? Our beliefs factor in there, and we obey the laws based on those decisions, but a lot of it comes back to the economy. And if everyone is doing that, how does that change society? That's the evolutionary question we can ask. What's the evolutionary direction of a society that uses a minimally regulated capitalist economy as its major social adaptation? That's one of the key things I want to explore in future podcasts, because that's the core question that needs to be asked. Let's look at some of the issues of the day. What might be some evidence for this to say that this is actually accurate? Let's take the natural selection approach and look at basic biological functions. On the personal front, basic medical care states certain dietary issues and physical activity should be maintained for good health. Access to healthy food, recreational time, and medical care are all influenced by how much money you have. Fresh produce costs more than processed foods. Medical insurance is expensive. Living in a place with actual green spaces is an important aspect of being able to get out and, and be physically active. How much of that is influenced by economic factors? From the natural history perspective, from the environmental perspective, climate change is a real thing. We need energy to run our modern world, and we use mostly fossil fuels. But they contribute carbon, which is shifting the, eco the, the climate. Do you think it has anything to do with the billions of dollars that flow into the big oil companies annually? Do you think any of our interactions in the Middle East are influenced by oil? What about government rules? Do you think the current system of representative government is the best we can do? Do you appreciate how much money flows into the pockets of Supreme Court justices? How much money flows into political campaigns 
uh, as of last count, the 2020 election, uh, over $18 billion was put into those different campaigns, just as what was legally recorded, much less what might have gotten passed under the table. We could talk about entertainment and sports idols, how much money goes into those things, and whether or not that's a good thing for the benefit of overall society. For as far as belief systems go, I do embrace the separation of church and state, and now I've stated that science is a belief system. So, how are we going to reconcile that? Well, governments and economies work based on information that's knowledge. Resources cost something to produce and to ship and manufacture. We can have free will to set the price of a service if we're going to pay for it. And all of those things come into knowledge operates within economies and governments much more so. But what's the knowledge that we get from belief systems? Well, we get a lot more knowledge out of science than we do any other belief system. So we should use our knowledge generated from our scientific practices and use that to understand and build our economies and our government. Religions have produced some knowledge. For example, over the years, they've shown that a group is more successful if you don't randomly kill members within your own church. But they do quite often allow the killing of other people, especially ones not in your group. Science tells us that we're all one species living on one planet in the vastness of space. There may be deities out there, but no one has any proof. So the best we can do is, is discuss possibilities, preferably over cocktails. But on Earth, we have to deal with the problems. If I'm right, the strongest adaptation controlling our society right now is minimally regulated capitalism. What can we do about it? How can we change our society for the better to put a little more emphasis on human well-being and, and creating a better environment? We'll have to get to that on some on additional podcasts. Thanks for listening. This is Gene Mesco, a fellow mostly hairless ape, signing off.